There are some creepy people out there, and sometimes I like to think they're creepier than any cryptid or ghost ever could be. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true disturbing horror stories sent to me by viewers just like you. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. Today joining me is my good friend, Miss Morgana. If you enjoy her voice, maybe check out their channel. You can find the link to do so in the top of the description. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true disturbing horror stories. Hi, I'm a 26-year-old male. I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I am from Rockford, Michigan. Anyway, I work in a place where selling sports goods is our game. I am the lead of a department with all the footballs, basketballs, baseball, boxing gear, etc. We also sell firearms there. As a manager, I must sell firearms. I enjoy it most of the time. Sometimes we sell over 20 guns a day. Those days, I hate it. Anyways, we do our background checks through FBI and ICS, but per the ATF, we can deny anyone a firearm to anyone we see fit. This is where the story begins. I've been there for just over a year. I've seen my fair share of guns go out the door, but I've also had to deny some people and I've gotten into some arguments about it. This one day, we were steady at about one or two firearms per hour. It was about 7 p.m. and this guy comes in to ask to look at a shotgun, the Rock Island VR-80. I ask to see his ID. We take everyone's ID so they don't try to run away with the gun. He gives me his ID and I show him the gun. He starts to fill out the paperwork, name, address, social. Then he gets down to the yes-no questions. He marks yes to being a felon. I explain to him that I cannot sell a gun due to his felon status. He then asked if I can have a new form to fill out. He said it was a mistake. I told him no. He lost his mind. He told me I was the biggest piece of crap in the world, that I should just sell him the gun because he was an American and it was against his amendment to not sell him one. All sorts of stuff. I was getting angry myself. I'm usually a very calm guy, but I was getting heated. Finally, one of the other managers came over and told him that he had to leave. He refused. We told him we were going to call the cops if he did not. He gave us both the middle finger and stormed out. At 10 p.m. we left the store, locked it up, and started to walk towards our car. It was me, my manager, his fiance, our shoe department guy, and our regular gun guy who was in the bathroom during the whole ordeal. Everyone besides me and the shoe guy left. We were talking and laughing about stuff. He's an older gentleman and does impressions of John Wayne. He had me cracking up. That is when I noticed a car in the parking lot, with someone inside of it staring at us. I told Ross and he did not care and said to hell with them. We were both there for another 10 minutes. Ross got in his car and drove away, and I did the same. I put a podcast by Larry Lawton, the ex-jewel thief on, and head down the road. 
I got about a mile or so down when I realized I was being tailgated. I ignored it at first and really did not care, but they got closer and closer. Finally, I brake checked them. They slammed on their brakes and I sped up. The car sped up too. It got right next to me, and I looked over and realized it was the same guy from inside the store. He had this look of pure hatred on his face. I was freaked out. He tried to cut me off and force me into the Meyer parking lot. I went around him and sped up. It was slightly drizzling that night, and I saw him lose control for a second. I got on the highway and drove home. I'm an idiot. I should not have done that. I get home and get inside. I lock the door, and I tell my roommate what is happening. They have a little girl of two years old, and I told them I'd just be grabbing a few things and leaving. I went to my room, which is in the front of the house. That is when I saw the guy in the streetlight. He had a baseball bat in his hands and was walking towards the house. I told my roommates to go upstairs. I gave my male roommate my Taurus G2C, just in case something happened to me. I tried to give my female roommate my Bushmaster AR-15, but she refused since she feared guns. I heard a crash. I looked out the window and the guy took off one of the side mirrors of my car. I grabbed my Rock Island 1911 45 ACP and my Mossberg 450 Bushmaster and headed outside. I had my rifle loaded as I left the front door. He was walking up the steps already. He must have gotten scared because he dropped the bat and put his hands up. He started to shake. I told him to never come around my house, friends, or my work ever again or I will blow his balls off. He just shook his head. I then told him he was going to fix my mirrors. I grabbed for his wallet and put a $100 bill on the ground. And then I told him to leave. He walked away shaking, and I have not seen him since. I always worry that he's going to come back to my house when I'm not there and mess with my roommates. I paid for my roommates to have a CPL class, so they are both more comfortable with firearms. I hope I never see that guy again. This event happened to me in April 2017 in Caracas. My then-girlfriend, now wife, and I had been staying at my mother-in-law's apartment for a few weeks because my mother's apartment, where we lived, was being remodeled at the time. For some context, the apartment where we were staying is located on the fourth floor of a relatively small 10-floor building, which was positioned right in front of the city's main highway. I say small because there are very tall buildings in my city, which were as tall as 40 or 50 floors, and the people that lived in these buildings suffered greatly when the elevators did not work. Imagine going up and down the stairs for 50 or 60 floors. That's a lot of exercise for one day. So there were a lot of things I had to get used to in that place. Chief among them was hearing the sounds of trucks, cars, bikes, flat tires, damaged exhaust pipes and occasional gunshots that came from the poor neighborhoods that were close to my girlfriend's home, which could be heard during the day and night. In contrast, my mother's neighborhood was usually very quiet, especially at night, so I had to change my sleeping habits a little bit, so I usually went to bed quite late at night, usually at midnight or 1am. This apartment was smaller than my apartment, 
and it was located on a different side of the city. But I did not care about those things as long as I could get a good night's sleep next to my wife since I suffered from insomnia sometimes. The first time I came to my wife's apartment, I noticed there was a small hill with a huge tree, some medium small sized plants, bushes and patches of grass which were right next to the highway and this seemed a little creepy to me at night. On that hill I noticed there was a small makeshift aluminum sack. I thought that was a little funny and I thought to myself, well that's weird, maybe some hobo or homeless person lives there. If he does, he must be crazy to be living there. On the first two nights I stayed there, even though I could hear the loud sounds of the highway, it took me a while to fall asleep, but fortunately everything was okay and I was able to get a good night's sleep on those two days. But the third night, as much as I wanted it to be exactly the same, it was quite different than the first. I remembered it was late at night, I think it was midnight or even later, and I was almost sound asleep. I was listening to some horror stories on my cell phone to fall asleep to, just like I always did, however crazy that sounds. Suddenly, I was startled by the ear-piercing screams of some man or woman hurling a long string of curses at somebody or something else. This woke me up right away and scared the hell out of me at the same time. I thought to myself, what or who the hell was that? And I shook my wife's shoulder and told her, hey honey, did you hear that? And she was still asleep and responded, hear what? It was nothing, go back to bed honey. However, I heard the curses again, so I decided to investigate what the heck was going on. I got up from bed, rubbed my eyes, put on my slippers and walked slowly and quietly out of our bedroom towards the balcony where I could clearly see the highway and the small hill next to it. Now I could still hear the curses more clearly and it sounded like the voice of a deranged man and I thought to myself, Maybe I was right, and there is indeed a homeless person living on that metal hut. I was now standing shirtless, in my boxers and slippers on the dark balcony, looking to that hill where I saw that metal hut on the first day I slept in my wife's apartment. Weirdly enough, I was able to see a small campfire and a barefoot man coming out of the sack who had long disheveled hair and a long bushy beard. He was shirtless and wearing torn pants that were almost destroyed. He came out of the small sack. He was smoking a cigarette or God only knows what drug he was taking. He was standing in that hill in the dark, screaming his lungs out and cursing a lot for some reason while he was looking towards the highway. I thought that this man must be crazy, getting high or drunk enough to be yelling at passing cars or the people or dogs that were all the way on the other side of the highway. This made me feel terrified and I asked myself what in holy hell is that guy saying and isn't he cold? Because of this racket there were some neighborhood dogs barking in this man's direction. I thought it was really strange for someone to scream so much, especially this late at night. Unfortunately for me, my mother-in-law was a night owl and usually slept in the living room so she turned on the kitchen slide out of the blue to get some water and went back to sleep, which reflected a little bit towards the balcony. 
I turned my head around and was a little blinded by the glare of the light, but at the same time I was scared that this man would see me staring at him. At that moment I hid crouched below the window so the man could not see me, but I was horrified when I saw this man walk to the fire and angrily put out the fire with his bare feet, turn his head around from the highway to look at the outer wall of the building, and all the while was still cursing out loud, I thought to myself, well, maybe he's having a bad trip or something. Suddenly, this crazy guy looked up at the building wall. He walked until he was right in front of it. He yelled, I can't take it anymore and the voices are driving me crazy, and started to repeatedly bash his head into the wall until his head was bleeding while he yelled, get out of my head. The sound it made was terrifying. When he was done, he touched his head with his right hand and cleaned the blood on his chest. Now he looked crazier than ever. Out of the blue, the guy looked up and noticed I was staring at him, so he yelled at me, What the hell are you looking at? Mind your own business, you idiot. Therefore, I was scared to death. So I threw myself to the balcony ceramic floor. I winced at how cold it was and hid there for a while. I thought to myself, out of sight, out of mind, right? The crazy guy kept screaming his curses at me. I decided that was enough for me and quietly crouched back to the bed. I felt horrified about what I saw and could not sleep that night, since all I could hear were my mother-in-law's snores and the guy's screams until 2am. The next day I felt extremely tired because I was not able to rest the night before. I told my wife about what had happened, so she told me, yeah, at some point you get used to that crazy guy and his screams. But she didn't believe that the guy bashed his brains into the wall and almost killed himself. So it dawned on me, what if I can hear this guy's screams tonight again? Should I call the cops on this guy? But I decided not to do it because my country's police are basically useless so I still don't know what to do about this crazy screaming man. His awful screams still give me nightmares, but I know I will not look out of the balcony at night again. Hey Swamp Folk, sorry to interrupt this video. I just need to take a quick moment to shout out today's sponsor, HelloFresh. Now, as you guys know, HelloFresh has been a sponsor on this channel more than a few times. They've helped me out a ton through these crazy times, especially when you're trying to cut out those pesky meal planning and grocery store trips. You can enjoy getting the dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh offers 23 or more recipes each week featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients so you'll never get bored. Eating healthier has also never been easier with the low calories, carb smart, vegetarian, and pescatarian options they have every single week. Honestly, I've been using HelloFresh for a little over a year now, and it's really helped me be able to eat healthier, have better portions, and be able to get dinner on the table in a timely fashion without having to run and be in those big crowds and risk, you know, getting COVID. Be sure to go to HelloFresh.com Swamped10 and use code SWAMPED10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Remember, go to HelloFresh.com Swamped10 and use code SWAMPED10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. 
HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Check it out and see what everybody's raving about. Sorry, this story is pretty long. It happened just a few years back. I was 13 at the time and grew up in Boston. I used to go to dancing class, and normally my mom would drop me off and then pick me up when it was over. The dance class was not too far from my neighborhood. After the first few months of going to the dance class, I had a day off one week, and I got an Instagram notification. It was a follow request from an account that I was not familiar with. The username consisted of letters, numbers, and emojis, and the profile picture was of a middle-aged man. The picture was pretty bad quality, but I could see he was bald and had a gray beard. His account had no uploads, but I didn't really think much of it. About a week after, when dance class finished, I never thought this would be the last time I ever go to dance class due to what happened. When I waited for my mom, I usually waited around the back of the dance class building but I could not get the urge to go around there. But I kind of forced myself and got the urge to go. But I was young and naive, and I still am sometimes. So where I normally stand and wait for my mom, there is a side street that is always dark and has no lights. I stood there for about 10 minutes or so, which is rather normal because my mom gets caught in traffic on the highway. So I go on Instagram to pass the time when a car pulls up from the street next to me which is not normal because of how dark it is, but I do not pay attention to the car. Five minutes probably pass, and this car is just parked there, and the car looked brand new with tinted windows, which made it impossible to see inside, especially in the dark. No one got out of the car, and if they did, I definitely would have heard the door opening and closing. That's when the windows went down, and a man who looked familiar stared at me and said something along the lines of, Hey, sweetie, why are you by yourself? It's not safe at night. I said nothing and just pretended that I didn't hear him, and that's when I realized he looked a lot like the man from the Instagram account that had followed me. He said, Do you know the way to Cambridge Street? Obviously being 13 at the time, I was not good at giving directions, and I also did not want to be standing around any longer. I told him I knew of Cambridge Street, but I did not know where it was. Then he asked me where I lived. I will give you a ride. And I said, no, I'm good. My mom will be here in a minute. He still asked if I wanted a ride, but I kept declining and was too scared to walk away as he might have followed me. Then luckily, my mom's car came from the corner and he drove away. After I told my mother everything, I set my Instagram to private and the guy found my dance class from my choreography post on my Instagram and he knew when I started and when I finished. And I told my mom I did not want to go to dance class anymore. Now I go to a different class where I met my boyfriend Freddy who I've been with for a year now. And to all of you out there, please do not share your school or class stuff on social media. It is not worth the risk. Stay safe. I don't know what that guy would have done to me, but I'm glad he didn't get a chance to do anything. It might not be the most disturbing story ever, but it is pretty freaky to those who have gone through something like this. My name is Savannah. I am now 18 years old. Before this story begins, I want to put a trigger warning for depression and self-harm in case there are viewers sensitive to those topics. At the time, I was living in Las Vegas, Nevada, especially the Henderson area. This was my sophomore year of high school. 
I graduated this year in Oregon, so it was quite some time ago, but I remembered it like it was only yesterday. I was incredibly sad at the time, and I'm not sure I should call it depressed because I do not want to self-diagnose. It was nighttime, and I was thinking about the time I self-harmed in 7th grade. I only did it once, and I have never done it again. I'm never going to do it again. I was just thinking about it by myself. I was crying because I was thinking about what if I did it again, and I asked myself, do I want to do it again? It was all a thought, and it was all I could think about. It was kind of scary. This went on for what seemed like an hour in the completely silent room before something broke the silence. It was a voice. It was soft but firm. It sounded like a woman saying, It's okay. I felt my heart stop then skip beats. I stared to where I thought the voice was coming from, which was the corner between my door and my closet. This was not imagined. Because of my erect mental state, I can absolutely promise you that. There was nobody else awake but me because of my odd sleep schedule of staying up until 3am and sleeping until 2pm because I went to a night school. This was around the time that I was only awake, of course, and nobody else was. I was the only one who witnessed it. I was the only one who it was directed towards. I felt calmer after that, like it was something like an angel watching over me to keep the bad thoughts away. That was until I went to sleep. I had a nightmare that night. In that nightmare, it was just me and my dad in a swap meet building with sheets covering the rooms and booths. I was taken behind one of the curtains and looked to see through from the inside. I called out to my dad, but he could not hear or see me. The lady pulled the knife and threatened me while holding my arm. I must have felt brave because I remember saying, You won't, before she paused and put the knife to my arm and sliced it. I remember staring at the dripping blood in a daze before waking up and it was daytime. I told my mom about what happened and she told me something that made sense. She gave the suggestion that what if the lady was saying that it was okay for me to do it again? That maybe that dream was a message. She said it's okay in the calmest voice that filled my room. What if she was saying that it's okay, you'll be okay, or it's okay to do it again? I'm not sure and I'm still confused when I think about it. If the question is, if I saw a shadow in the corner with the voice, the answer is no. It was just her voice. I thought that that would be some good context to clear up when talking about what happened. I have not told anyone about this except for my mother and my sister. I have not heard another voice since. Hello, this story is about my friend. We are both girls and 17 at the time of the story. In my senior year of high school, a new girl was introduced to our class. She dressed in goth clothing, had a mohawk, and I could see visible scars all over her arms and even a burn on her wrist. She sat at the desk next to me, of course. I immediately became friends with her. Let us call her Devin for now. When I first met her, I knew there was something really off about her. After getting to know her, she told me all the different drugs she had done, how she ran away and was living with her boyfriend, Gary, and how he would buy drugs for her all the time. I'm not the kind of person who likes to get drunk or do drugs, but I wanted to be her friend since she seemed like she needed one. 
Also, she had the same name as my cousin, who was a drug addict, and in some way, I just wanted to help her, or at least be friends. We hung out one day after school and drove around in my truck. From that, I learned a little bit more. The way she talked was a bit confusing, and there was so much she told me, so I am just going to give a brief description of her life and what led her to my school. I learned that her boyfriend Gary was not actually her boyfriend. He was this old man who was a registered sex offender and a child molester, and she was living with him and having sex with him in exchange for rent and drugs. She then explained to me how her mom was a schizophrenic and her dad was some loser in another state. She had run away with several other girls, was a missing teen, prostituted herself, drugged, and ran away again with a different man, stole a car, and just was running from place to place, doing drugs and going from man to man, all while underage. Just awful stuff. Most of her prostitution sounded more like human trafficking and stuff like that to me. Just awful. But that was not how she worded it. I remember looking at her and telling her that she really needed to get out of Gary's place the moment she found a better opportunity. I told her I could not offer her anything except my couch for a few days, but that she could not live with me. I just really wanted to help her get out of this bad situation. Next thing I knew, she showed up at my house the next day with her backpack full of stuff and told me she was ready. So that day after school, I helped her run away from the awful man, Gary. I did not want her to feel like she was running away again, so we went to the store and got snacks and made it seem like we were just going to have a long sleepover. But something scary happened. When we were waiting in line at the checkout, this older man who looked like how she described Gary saw us, and I could tell by the way this older man looked at us from afar that he recognized Devin. He walked over to us, and Devin turned to see why I looked so concerned. She awkwardly said hi to the man, calling him Danny. Danny asked if Gary knew where we were. Devin lied and told Danny, Yes, Gary knows. I'm just going to have a sleepover with my friend. As they talked, I quickly paid for our stuff and we ran to my truck. As soon as we were in the car, she explained that Danny was a pimp and friends with Gary, but he pimped out girls who were underage so he could probably be more accurately labeled as a human trafficker. He also sold drugs to Gary and would often try to buy Devin from him, but... Devin said Gary would protect her from Danny. Messed up, I know. Anyway, she stayed with me for a couple of days, which were stressful because now we had two dangerous men who knew she was gone and were looking for her. On top of all that, I had no idea what to do with her since I told my family she was going to be only over for the weekend. Also, my mom was in the hospital at the time and came close to dying. To say the least, both me and Devin were freaking out but I was happy that she was at least away from those men. We tried going to a woman's shelter, but it was downtown, and the outside of the woman's shelter was littered with scary men shooting up and just being all drugged up. One passed out by the door, inside the shelter. There were these old women who stared us down while we tried to fill up the paperwork in their closet-sized office. The place was dark, the rooms looked more like cells, and it was just overall a very disturbing place. Devin looked at me and we both knew she was not going to be staying here. We got back in my truck and she cried, I cried, and I promised we would not leave her there. Then, we went back home. Fun fact, the same parking lot that the woman's shelter was was the same parking lot that she had stolen a car from a year earlier with two men. After that, I explained to the school counselor my issue, and luckily two teachers took her in. Finally, she had a safe place to stay with a room of her own, 
and a chance of having a normal life with a real stable family. I remember I was absolutely ecstatic, but all good things come to an end. Before the school year even ended, she was back to doing drugs, meeting men who were way too old and creepy, and doing all sorts of stuff when she was alone in her new home. I was so disappointed but also not surprised. Eventually, the teachers found out and they confronted her about the homemade bong they found. Sadly, instead of telling them the truth, she just packed up her things and ran away all over again. They were not even going to kick her out. They just wanted to talk to her and help her out, but she ran away. I did not hear from her for a long time, probably a couple of months, but I knew she found another friend to stay with and switch schools. I was disappointed and just sad. I remember in class these loud girls talking about her and mentioned that she hadn't been to class in a long time. I was her only friend in that class, so they asked me where she was. All I could say was she was gone and shrugged. Part of me wanted to cry, the other part of me was mad. She could have had a normal life. She could have had a family. The teacher she stayed with also felt betrayed once they learned of all the things she had done behind their back. And I, I felt guilty because I knew she had been doing this stuff the whole time. Not that I was ever involved. Now she is a stripper a few hours away. I still have her on my Snapchat, but we do not talk. It is easy to set her off, and I must be careful with what I say. She is sadly just like my cousin Devin, and like my cousin, I failed to really help either of them. At the end of the day, writing this, I realized this story is a lot sadder than scary, and I'm sorry if that does not fit on your channel. But it was scary for me during the time of helping her run away. I have since run into Gary and Danny at the post office. They know what I look like and where I live. It is known for having high rates of human sex trafficking. And to me, all of this is just scary. To Devin, I care about you, and all I want for you is to be safe, even if you make me angry with your actions. I am not you, and I cannot know how you feel, or why you do what you do. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true disturbing horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton in the YouTube algorithm. If you're listening on iTunes or another platform, be sure to give the podcast a 5-star rating as it truly helps me out a ton, and I really do appreciate it. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us and help us expand our waters? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new video, as I upload them almost every single day, in all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, whether it's something disturbing, something from the woods, or something else, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going. I have to take a moment to show some love and appreciation to Mrs. Morgana, who read Story 2 today. She really helped me out a ton, and I appreciate that. If you enjoy her voice and want to see more of the stories she tells, you can find a link to her YouTube channel in the description down below. Definitely check her out. It would mean a lot to me. If you guys want to support the channel outside of hitting that like button and subscribing, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, face masks, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp Dweller threads. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the Swamp the way you do. Before we go, be sure to comment down below your favorite story tonight. I'd love to know which one it was. 
and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.